There's a phrase that is in use now that I've been hearing in recent times, and the phrase is a returning citizen. And I, I bet some of you in this room know what that means exactly, and some people maybe don't. A returning citizen is a new way of speaking about somebody who has been incarcerated, who is returning to society. A few months ago, I attended a breakfast. It was a breakfast fundraiser for an organization called Samaritan Ministry of Greater Washington. And it was up in the National Press Club, a few blocks away from here, in their large room. And it was full of people from churches all around Washington, D.C., multi-denominational pastors and congregants. A lot of people from St. John's were there, in fact, at one of the tables. Um, because we've supported Samaritan Ministry for years and years, and they do great work. And I, I think at this point I have to say full disclosure, my wife works for Samaritan Ministry, um, but I'm not being paid for this message. So I would say this in any event, it's a wonderful organization. What they do is they help people take the next step that they need to take when they're struggling with homelessness or when they are unemployed or underemployed. Like the Samaritan in the parable, they are there for their neighbors. And so at this event, and you can picture the room full of people, the bishop over on one corner with a table of people as well, and a, a man comes up to the podium to present wearing a good-looking suit and looking very comfortable. Um, and I'm thinking, he, he wasn't really introduced. We don't know who he is besides his name. I was thinking maybe he was one of the caseworkers who works for the organization, or maybe a volunteer, or maybe a pastor. But he introduces himself, Tyrone King, and he begins to share about his life as a returning citizen. And you know, the very first thing he said to illustrate how hard it is to be one is he shared about somebody he knew, not his own story, but somebody else who was incarcerated for more than 30 years. And when this person came out of prison, the world was so disorienting, it was scary. It was awful to be behind those walls. That's always the way he described it, is behind those walls. Um, and it was a horrible life to be there, but after so many years, only that life made sense anymore to this individual. And so he found a brick, threw it through the nearest window, and sat down and waited for the cops to come to take him back. Freedom is not necessarily easy for us. Fortunately for Tyrone King, he told his story, and um, he hit rock bottom when he was in prison. All the people he loved who were closest to him died. He said that's the thing you most want not to happen um, when you are incarcerated. You want your loved ones to see you come out, and his mother and his brother didn't. But he turned to God, and he said God's grace got him through and still gets him through today. And God's grace has sent helpers people to be neighbors to him, like Samaritan ministry. And so he went in when he was 21 years old, and he served for 28 solid years, and came out just a year and 11 months ago. And he shared about uh, what it was like when he, he first came out, and can you imagine those 28 years, how much the world has changed? He said one person showed him a smartphone and said, everybody has these things now. And he couldn't believe what he was seeing, and he tried to text on it, and every time he tried to hit a button, it was a different letter than he meant. <laughs> Had to learn how to do a totally new way of living. 
And he also said, isn't it interesting now that we have passwords and usernames for everything? He went to the bank and his friend was there with him and they said, you need a username and a password. He was so embarrassed. He didn't know what that was. He had to whisper to his friend because he didn't want to admit he just got out of prison five days ago and had never had one. So he, of course, creates a password with some letters and numbers and say, oh, it's not strong enough. Oh, <laughs> add some symbols to that. But Tyrone now um, has a job, a, a good living wage job with benefits, something that he could never have dreamed of years ago. And he now is a homeowner, and he gives thanks for all these things. His story shows that freedom is difficult, but it can be possible. In the letter Paul writes to the Romans, he speaks about captivity and freedom in the spiritual sense. I'm going to reread a portion of what he wrote. He said, Do not let sin exercise dominion over you, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. For sin will no, have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Thanks be to God that you, having been slaves of sin, have become slaves of righteousness. For just as you once presented yourselves as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present yourselves as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. Like much of the writing of the Apostle Paul, um, you really have to ponder it, which is another way of saying he probably needed an editor. But what he is saying is deep, and it's about freedom. And what you have to understand to understand what Paul is getting at is his worldview. And the worldview that Paul held was that none of us human beings are totally autonomous. We are all under dominion of something. It, and he uses a stronger word than just being under dominion or being servants in servitude, but he says slaves. Slaves to one thing or slaves to another. Bob Dylan, in his famous song, says this very same point in a memorable way. You've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. We are all servants of something. So what will we be servants of? And here we get Paul's most important point, which is to remind the people that they are baptized. And being baptized, they are baptized into Jesus in his life and his death and his resurrection. The way he puts it, we have been buried in baptism, which means we have died to something. As Jesus died to life as a human in human form fully, we die with him to sin and to that servitude, to have servitude to something higher and to be free, to have what is called eternal life, which I often remind people doesn't mean life that just goes on and on, but it's life that touches what is eternal. It is in the dominion of the kingdom. And importantly, I say this on Independence Day, freedom, it doesn't just mean merely to be able to do whatever you want. 
It means being free to do the good. Free from dominion that tears down and free for something higher. Free to live unto God and to serve God. And that is liberation. We still carry a yoke, as Jesus put it, but this yoke will be one that lifts us up instead of one that pushes us down. So here are the words of Paul again, which are actually very clear. He says, Do not let sin exercise dominion over you, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. From sin, or, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. We have been through some turbulent times in our country in recent years, but it's not the first time. But maybe now is a good time for us to ask ourselves a fresh question for this day, which is what would freedom really mean for a country like ours right now? There are polls that ask the question, do you think that the country is going in the right direction or the wrong direction? And the classic interpretation of such a poll is that it is all about the individual who is the president of the United States, whoever he or she may be. But the truth is, it comes down to a collection of people, of leaders, as well as citizens. And in fact, we are all responsible for our country. If you are someone who is still hopeful today, and polls show there are fewer and fewer of you, but if you are one, you are responsible. If you are someone who has become jaded and cynical, well, you are responsible too. And we are not without hope. This place, Washington, D.C., is correctly described as a company town, very much so. But in the best sense of what that can mean for us is that this is a place built upon service. So many of the people who come here to live life here have come here to serve to serve things that they believe are greater than themselves. And I know that that is a fact because I know many of you are those people. And anyone who isn't explicitly so is adjacent to you. We all are. And St. John's itself is a place that seeks to bring the civic and the sacred together. And it is a sacred act to use our energy and our gifts and our blessings to make the lives of other people better. To be like the Samaritan of the parable, a picture of service and freedom to do good. We don't have to be enslaved to sin. We have been baptized into something better. We can be servants of God and free to do what is right in the name of love. And doing so together is what it would mean to be, at last, one nation under God. Amen. Amen.